Welcome to America's Top Rebbitsons. May this class be for Rafua Shalema, for Arye Lieb, Ben Hanna Grinendel. If anybody would like to sponsor our podcast, please email us at atrebitsons at gmail.com. I am so happy to have on today's show, Rebbitson Haya Sarah Silberberg. Rebbitson Haya Sarah is the Rebbitson at Base Chabad Torah Center in West Bloomfield, Michigan. Thank you so much for being here. Please tell us more about yourself and what you do. Um, okay. I'm originally a New Yorker. I uh, grew up as a Bishako girl, uh, became acquainted with Chabad at the age of about 15 in Camp Amuna. And uh, while well, I finished my Bishako education and seminary, I went to Brooklyn College, have a degree in math. Um, but my connection with Chabad kept on uh, strengthening. Um, my husband was also, he came from Torah Vidas and uh, was perfect Shiddha, right? Uh, yeah, it was. Yes. And uh, he learned the cold for three years of Heights, And then we were sent out by the Rebbe here to West Bloomfield, Michigan, uh, with a bracha that you'll be successful materially and spiritually more than you can imagine. Oh, and we've been living off that bracha for over 45 years now, Baruch Hashem. And um, so what I do here is, and a Rebbe Tzimeh, whatever that is, um, I've always been a teacher. I've taught uh, mainly high school and adult, high school girls and adult uh, adults. Um, my subject was Chumash and Pirkei which are really Hashkoff in disguise. Um, and um, I love being able to reach out to people and to see a light go off in their, behind their eyes. Like, oh, you know, I get it. That I, that's, that's great. You know, it, that, that's my adrenaline and my endorphins and you name it, serotonin. It's, it's almost as good as chocolate. Uh, <laughs> So this is really um, who I am, what I am. I have 10 children. Well, Baruch Hashem married um, with children. Some of them are shlichus, some are not. Um, but I'm very proud of all of them. They're all wonderful, wonderful people. And um, I used to work for Chabad.org for 10, 12 years, something like that. I was, I was on the Ask the Rabbi staff. Um, and there was a, a whole lot of shoot called Ask the Rabbis and Rebbitsons or um, we figured our right, ask the rabbis is, is uh, just a general thing. And if anybody started calling me rabbi, I would correct them and say, <laughs> but I, I was part of the um, ask the rabbi staff on Chabad.org also. Very nice. Beautiful, beautiful. So today we're really going to dive deep, deep into those topics that really make you light up once people get and really understand what they're about. So we're going to start off by talking about Shabbos. Shabbos is such a central concept to Judaism. It's a day that we shut off our cell phones and our televisions. We take the day off from work and we truly connect to Hashem, God, to our family and to our community. And when it's really properly done, Shabbat is one of the most beautiful expressions of what it means to be Jewish. Can you please talk to us about why Shabbos is so special and give us some practical ways that we can elevate this special day in our homes? Okay. Um, I, I may be familiar with it old-fashioned uh, phrase, uh, adi, adi, idiom, um, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. Yes. The proof of the pudding is in the eating. I can tell you, we don't do puddings very much nowadays. I can tell you, this cake is wonderful. It's delicious. It's the best thing since seven-layer cake. It, it's just amazing. And, and, and you, yeah, that's, no, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Until, unless you taste it, you really don't know if it's really as good as I'm telling you as it is. Um, it's, it's uh, you know, your discretion. Uh, the Pasuk in Tilum says, Tamu Taste and see that Hashem is good. 
Tamla taste. I mean, taste and see. There are many mitzvahs that we can study. And with all the lessons in, in the world, Pastor Shvach is one of them, with all the classes, and this is the reason, and this is the reason, and this is going to happen. At the end of the day, until you've experienced it, you have no idea what it is. You're looking at it from outside the window, you're looking in, and you're trying to make sense of what's going on. Having a person experience a Shabbos, a Shabbos meal, a Shabbos day, is life-changing. Yes. Um, it brings the reality. We've been saying Yiddishkeit is beautiful, Yiddishkeit is good. It's not, it's not restrictive. It's not, it's not constricting. It's wonderful. And it's like, I can't do this. And I can't do that. I can't do the other. And I, I have to do this. And I was like, no, 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 you're not getting it. You're not getting it. Call for a Shabbos and see what it's like. And and it's it's um I, I think it is a psychological transfer. So you come into a house and it's beautiful. The candles are lit, the table is beautifully set, uh, it's nice dishes. Uh, so Yiddishkeit is warm and beautiful. Food's delicious and plentiful. Yiddishkeit's warm, delicious, plentiful. It's it's just People will sit there for two hours, two, three hours, and then realize that for two, three hours, you didn't answer a single phone, a single email, uh, no, no. I said, Shabbos, not that you can't use technology. Shabbos, you're free from the tyranny of technology. Imagine, whole whole meal. You, you were worried about it, right? You have your phone in your pocket, maybe. You were worried about it, and... You know, it's just okay. So, so having that experience really is an eye opener for many people that all the things that we're talking about, it's not restrictive and oh, you got to do this, you got to do that, you can't. But it's it's freeing, it's 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 liberating, it's it's an incredible it's an incredible experience. So, uh, I said one Shabbos is worth fifty classes. Right, <laughs> so right. It's it's just. And, and I think, I, I, I don't have statistics, but I truly believe that the journey of many Balchulas has started, has really started with the Shabbos meal. Maybe not the first one, maybe it was the 10th one, but it has started with Shabbos meals. Now, um, some, some, some ideas or thoughts about, about uh, Shabbos, the, 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 the combination of Shabbos and Jewish kids from kids. Now that's nuclear. <laughs> that's a, that's a bomb. If you if your kids. So first of all, in, in my in, in I've I've always felt that I, children came to the shul on Shabbos. I'm sorry, children come to the Shabbos table in Shabbos clothes. Yes, they took their showers, and yes, it's in the, you know it's at seven o'clock and it's half an hour. You come in Shabbos clothes. Somebody walks in through the door. And the house is beautiful, and the kids are even dressed special. And we're dressed a little bit, we're dressed special. You right away get the sense that this is a special thing, a special experience. The kids will fall asleep in their clothes. You know, either they'll sleep in their Shabbos clothes, nothing's going to happen. No, no, nobody, no, nobody's going to arrest you for that. Or if you want to change your clothes, change them in pajamas. But you take, you know, you have to have couches um, spread out, you know, where kids can crash on the couch and the living room and the dining room. And, uh, and when you take them upstairs, you can change your clothes. But that's a little thing that really 
it hits people. And with the little one, the thrills, I want, I'm wearing a tablet breath. <laughs> it's cute. It's sweet. It's delicious. They, they, the kid, the kids know about it. the kids get it. They get it pretty early. And, and the guests see, you know, plenty of people show up the first time in torn jeans and, and, and a t-shirt by, by, by Shabbos visit number three, they're not wearing the torn jeans anymore. Nobody said anything to them, not a word, but they're picking it up. How the kids answer their partial questions. Right? They learn stuff in school. People are amazed at what these children know. I mean, they go, they, oh, they go to a Jewish school and they know all these things and they and they're proud to show off or you know, stand up at your three years old. Can you sing us a song that your mother taught you today? The three-year-old sing the song, sings the song and everybody's just telling the not me, of course. But everybody's there. It's like that's amazing. Um, let the little boy say kiddish. Mm-hmm. Make sure they yep. all have Christian. Let them say kiddish. Um, let them help you. People will say to me, your kids help you clear up the table and, and serve. And I said, they set the table to really, I can't get my kids to do that. I mean, obviously, if your kid, has, is, if your kid isn't in the mood or the mode of participating don't get upset. Don't yell. Don't don't make a scene. Um, but when they when they, you know when they they know they learn that they they get to participate and they get such positive feedback about it. It's a win win all around. And then people look and say, "Wow, this job is look at the kids." We had one situation. A young woman who made, his name was Elaine. And she, has, she was moving in the direction of, of, of Yiddishkeit. And she was started dating this particular fellow who came from a completely not from background. And she brought him once for Shabbos lunch. And he was fairly quiet during the lunch. She called me after Shabbos and she told me, I was walking home with, I forget his name, Bob. I was walking home with Bob. And he said, what do we have to do to have children like that? She said, so I answered him, you got to be religious. And he said, I'm on board. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. And, and, and you know, she went, she, they, she, they got married. But the combination of Shabbos and kids who are participating and, and enjoying Shabbos, and, and don't, don't make kids sit by the table more than their cake beloved, like the three-year-old that they sit for, for 10 minutes, they've done great, and then they can go play with their Legos or their dolls or their mansions, whatever it is. That's fine. Don't don't force anything on the kids. You know, age, what's age appropriate? And if you're not sure what's age appropriate, ask somebody, ask the bubby down the block. You know, what's age appropriate to expect the child to sit by a Shabbos table? But these are, these are really incredible um, tools in terms of your Shabbos. Uh, what's always worked for us is we do introductions. Um, my husband, after we wash and we start the fish course, my husband says, and now we do introductions. My name is Rabbi Silberg. I'm Rabbi. Ed. I work at the base Chabad over here. And it say, tell us, and he say, tell us something that uh, you enjoyed last week, a high point, the high spot last week, or something you looked forward to. And they'll say, oh, my, my high spot was so-and-so got engaged, or I'm looking forward to going to New York, or whatever it is. And at the beginning, you know, and people are very happy to do that 
um, and it, it, it also helps with the flow of conversation. People get to know, oh, you're an accountant. You know, my cousin works at, you know, oh yeah, you know, and, and I went to school over here. And, and it, it, it fosters, or, or a lawyer, really, what kind of law do you practice? Or what kind of doctoring do you do? Or, or you're an artist, whatever it is that you're doing, but you introduce yourself, so you have a name. Sometimes, I'm very happy that we do that because sometimes people come back to my table, don't remember their names. And so I make introductions. I say, oh, you know, oh yeah, it's so nice to see you again, Johnny. It's so nice, you know, Stacey. You know. It, it's, it's, Why do you forget names? I know for sure. Me too. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Um, you should, we always have a Shabbos story. So there's so many books now of Shabbos stories that you can share with. And for many people, these stories are, wow, eye-opening, wonderful. Amazing. Um, there should be singing. There should be the very Torahs. Uh, if people start on with politics, uh, vaccines, uh, whatever it is, um, don't let it get too far. Uh, say, you know, ah, that's not for Shabbos. Let's uh, change the topic or start a Megan. <laughs> right. Um, and say, not on Shabbos. You know, just try to keep, keep the peace at the table. But the table should have a Shabbosic atmosphere. You, you don't let it descend into a shouting match or people, you know, oh, you don't know, you know, nah, he's all, you know, don't, but don't wait till it gets that far. You know, it's, it's, it's you say right away, politics, we all love each other. We all have average show. We all love each other. We all respect each other. And we're not, we're not going to go there. It's a Shabbos table and we'll start seeing a song. Somebody share a story. Somebody share a Torah. Those are a couple of the, um, of the tools. One of the things that I find that's very important is make sure there's enough good food. Right. And there's good food and there's enough of it. You don't have to make everything yourself. If you're living anywhere normal, you know, as long as you have a place that makes good challahs, you don't have to make homemade challahs if you don't want to. But get a good challah. If you're not a baker, you can pick up ice cream always at, at Trader Joe's and fruit and, you know, or bag of or whatever. But there should be good food. Lots of good food. Uh, something that works very nicely when you have repeat people is to try and remember our preferences or nowadays allergies. I once right. uh, was making a salad and one lady says to me, I can't have mangoes. And they also says, no, I can have avocados. The third one couldn't do vinegar. And the fourth one was sesame seeds. Yes. I put a bowl of lettuce in the middle of the table and six, seven little bowls of stuff that you could put in and just as that make your own. <laughs> if Perfect. You remember, or I remember that this one loves lemon meringue pie. When he comes, I make him lemon meringue pie, and he just—you know—you couldn't do anything nicer for a person than to remember what his what what their food preferences are. But but keep keep it keep it shabbistic. Keep it keep it holy. It, it's it's a uh, it's an amazing hook. <laughs> you trying to bring people to Yiddish that Shabbos. It's just amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Those are actually all really, really good practical tips and, and they're very doable. Uh, and I My middle name that. is practical. <laughs> and uh, along the lines of, of elevating the mundane and making it holy on Shabbos, we can actually elevate the material world and make it holy every day through small mitzvahs that are very doable. Smiling at the waitress in the restaurant, returning the shopping cart to its proper place in the parking lot, and even saying a kind word to someone who really, really needs it. Maybe someone who's sad and you want to lift their spirits. Can you please talk to us about the importance of doing just small acts of kindness, little mitzvot that truly make a difference and serve to bring Hashem into our world? Okay, there, there's a principle that we that we encounter in halacha. We encounter the the, the pasuk bechol drachecha de'ehu. 
Pasuk from Mishlei, and says, in all of you ways, you should know Hashem. That means 24-7, you should know Hashem. Now, there are a lot of times that you're not doing anything, if there's any particular mitzvah involved. Uh, you're walking down the street, you're driving to the airport, you're in the airport, you're in a plane. Uh, the, there's no particular mitzvah. If I take, let's take a snack, I make a bracha. But otherwise, there's no particular mitzvah that I'm involved in. So what do I mean, b'chol drachecha? means that you don't, we not only serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu with the 613 mitzvahs and all of their, uh, you know, applications, but we serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu in everything that we do. It means that we can walk in the street and serve Hashem. How do we walk in the street? If you walk in the street and you look like a from person and you're walking like a bench and you're not texting and walking into people's, you know, or, or you're, 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 you're being aware of Hashem and what's in Chassidus and in, in Chabad Chassidus, especially this big, big um, emphasis on the concept of is a medicine Tanhuma that says, why did Hashem create a world? Hashem wanted a, a dwelling place down below. We're down below. Here. <laughs> this is the belowest of the belows. You know, from, when, from, from nothing, which is before creation, until this world, there's a series of there's a series of spiritual worlds, each one lower. You know, that Hashem didn't go from zero to 101 step. There were there were some words, worlds in between. Malachim. So if Hashem has his malachim, you know, we are, we, we're not asked to be malachim. You know why? Because Hashem had malachim and he wasn't happy enough with that. He wanted us. Why why us? So the, here's a place where I'm looking at him looking at computer. Do I see Hashem over here? I'm not so spiritual, right? Uh, I have my water. My, I don't, there's a rule, there's walls. Hashem says, but in this place, make me a house. Make me a home. How do you make Hashem a home? You make Hashem a home, he is on the door. Imagine if Hashem walked in. Hashem is hard to visualize. Imagine Mashiach just walked into your house. Knocked on the door, can I come in? And he walks in, and this was just on the door. And he walks in, and there's a shafa there with lots of sperm there. And there's Shabbos candlesticks over there. And there's a place with benchers. And the artwork on the on the on the wall ranges from parv to holy. Um, I'm not going to explain any further. And he walks into my kitchen, and there's milkshakes and there's fleshics. There's even a pile of silverware that has to be kosher. That's a sign of a kosher home, right? There's there's a few things. I feel at home over here. But this is this is my kind of house. There's a pushka over there. Um, there's children's ch children's books. There's sederim. There's sperm and sederim on the table. I feel at home over here. Now we not only need to do that in our homes, but we need to do that in the whole world. So if I'm in Somerset Mall, that's a nice classy mall over here in in, in Detroit, and I go to the I go to the concession and I buy a bottle of water and I make a bracha and well guess what? I have just proclaimed that the Abish is a boss over here. I've made the I walk into the I walk into the store and I'm thinking I really need another Shabbos skirt. Well, not me, but want. <laughs> I want a Shabbos skirt. That now this place has become a place where the Abish is a boss. There's a Shabbos and there's a Shabbos skirt. And I look at this and this is not quite the, the, my standards of, of Sniut. Right? So I and 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 when the cashier says to me, 
how are you today? Routinely, you know? And I say, thank God. And like, it's, oh, there's God here. So we are taking Hashem and putting a sense in Somerset Mall. If I'm, if I'm at the airport and I'm waiting for my plane and it's getting late, then I have to and I get up because I'm getting late and I can't have a minute and I get up and I have a minute and then Hashem is at the airport. A funny story. Somebody told someone, not that so long ago, that, 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 that there was this gentleman in, in the airport. He was watching this gentleman when he was putting on his talus and his fillet and his straps, the whole, whole thing. And there was a kid there. <laughs> Didn't look Jewish. I mean, I, I can't say for sure 100 percent but it clearly did not look very Jewish. And the kid is staring, staring, staring. And he's not wrapping the palace and then and then take both of his unwinding the straps. And the kid goes over and says to him, Are you a superhero? <sighs> and he said, Yes, I am. He says, What's your superpower? He said, I can connect with God. Wow. That's yeah. something. That really is what's something. Your, what's your what's your superpower? I can connect with God. I can make this world, I can make this place holy. Wow. You know, that was okay. So we, we do that when we do these things. If if you you know if you're standing behind at, at the at the checkout and in the supermarket and the lady in front of you has sixty-five coupons for twenty dollars worth of groceries and wants to pay with all the with her piggy man, you know, and the <laughs> And the Nebuchadnezzar cashier is this. And, and you go, you know, you were really patient with that lady. I'm impressed. I'm sure I just made her day. Right, for sure. I'm sure I just made her day. And I don't know if she knows I'm Jewish or not. But A, making someone's day is also a mitzvah. No question about that. Um, where it says, the Kabbalah's called, the Kabbalah's called, every you should smile. <laughs> smile at everyone. Hey, pick me up, Mishnah, pick me up. I'm not making it up. Smile at people. And and if they think, if they know that you're from, then that's double. <laughs> you know, that, that's not best. It's even better. That's a key to Hashem. You're bringing Hashem into this world. Um, and it's, it, the Gibara says, and you might finish off with this, on the pasuk of about this concept of Kiddush Hashem, which says the Haftas Hashem Lekecha, it says the Haftas Lekecha Shetehei Shem Shemayim Misahev Al Yadecha. What do you mean? You should love Hakadosh Baruch Hu. You should make Hakadosh Baruch Hu loved through yourself. The name of Hashem should be beloved. Shetehei Shem Shemayim Misahev. The name of Hashem should be beloved. By you. So when you as a firm person are acting in a way that's thoughtful, that's kind, I once was yelled at by somebody because I didn't return my shopping cart to the to the thing. And I felt bad. And what I felt worse about was that if you thought I was a Jewish lady and all oh, these Jewish ladies are so thoughtless, whatever. I, it, it really it it and to this day. 99% of the time, I return cards because, because, because it's just as easy as to make a kiddush Hashem. Unfortunately, we can do the opposite, and we don't want to do the opposite. And it's so easy. Right. It doesn't cost time. It doesn't cost energy. It doesn't cost money. Smile. Offer to 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 to, to open the door for her. Can I help you? You know, it doesn't hurt. And it's 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 beautiful. It makes the world a much nicer place to live in. It's for sure. Dear Lois Barra, that's making a shadow dwelling place here.
Beautiful. I love it. I love it. And it really is. It's not so complicated to, to bring Hashem into the world. It really, really no, isn't. It really is not. It really is not. You teach your kids, if you're on a bus and there's an old lady or an old man or somebody with a wheelchair, and you stand up and you say, and you will see that that's not hard. No. These things are not hard. They're not, they don't take time. You don't have to go out of your way even to do many of these things. If you want to go out of your way, it's wonderful. You want to go visit seniors in the hospital or people out. All anything. There's so many, so many ways that we can we can help and and and, and do. But these things really most a lot of them just fall into our laps. Just keep your eyes open and you see so many opportunities to do a favor, to smile, just smile even. And and you make a difference. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so now I want to switch gears just a little bit. Um, I want to bring up the femininity of women as part of the Torah, celebrating what is uniquely feminine in this world. Can you please talk to us about the unique role of the women in our world and how we can properly express the strength of our femininity? My first thing I want to say is we are not apologizing for, for, for Torah's approach um, to, to, uh, to women uh, to our statements about women. Um, and then I always tell, tell people that Judaism is very sexist. It's like, huh? Isn't that negative? It's not, that's not negative. It's not negative. Judaism says it. It's very controversial nowadays, maybe, but Jews are the men are men, and women are women. Uh, they're physically different, they're emotionally different, they're psychologically different, they have different shamas. Okay? And Jews is instead of ignoring all these differences and saying, no, they're all the same. Um, years ago, for, for, for a few years, this, this happened there in our local newspaper. There is a, uh, on the, the issues, the, the issues for a couple of years before Rosh Hashanah, uh, different uh, companies take out ads wishing the Jewish community, uh, Jewish friends, blah, blah, a happy, healthy new year. So there's this one bank that would take out the sad, this is a few years running, and they have a picture of all of their staff, um, I guess upper staff, and uh, we all, we, we at ABC National Bank, wish all of our Jews. If you look at the picture, there were yeah, maybe 15 people in the picture. You have to look close to differentiate the men from the women. Everyone is wearing a black jacket, um, dark, if you look close, you see that some of them actually, actually maybe two or three of them are wearing skirts um, or, or dark pants. Um, the hair is pretty much very similar. Uh, you know, women are wearing the short, short hair. If you look closely, you can see that it wasn't half and half. Um, but still, they might, if, if there were 15 people, there were maybe six women in the picture. But you have to look very closely to see that they're women. That's not feminism. That's not liberating. They just say to, to make a woman into a man and say, ah, now, okay, everybody can be a man. I want to be a man. <laughs> I'm a woman. Right? To say that this is what, what feminism is all about, that we can do as well as men. You know, nowadays, this is so politically correct. Nowadays, you have a, you have a, uh, there was a statement that came up. Somebody was very upset about this. Apparently, some they changed some wording of something to say people who have a baby. What do you mean people who have a baby? <laughs> you know any men people who've had babies? No. <laughs> well, well, I'm saying people who have a baby. Women have babies. Men do not have babies. This 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 
trying to make everything into one or you know today i'm a woman tomorrow i'm a man and thursday i think i might be a dog but you know, <laughs> so i want to be able to go to the men's room the women's room and i want a fire hydrant <laughs> right exactly <laughs> well, but what, what kind of women are women and men are men we have mrs for women we have mrs for men um in, in, in this week's, in this Torah portion, we have Pasha Sava, we're talking about the Kior. Kior is the, 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 the fountain, the labor, labor, it's a good Scrabble word, um, that stood in the, in the, in the huts or in the, in the courtyard, and the Kohen would come and wash his hands over there. And her says this, that the women brought their mirrors um, as part of donations because Moshe said that we need gold, silver, and copper. They wouldn't want their mirrors. The copper mirrors. Women with copper mirrors. Glass was extraordinary. It was terribly expensive until sometime in the Middle Ages then they figured out how to make glass cheaper. Glass was extra- extremely expensive. It was just was never, nobody ever had glass. So what, did, what are they for? Women need mirrors. Right? We need to be pretty. We're meant to be pretty. So they would take metal and polish it to a very high sheen and then you see it reflected. So the women brought the copper mirrors. Most of the copper mirrors had Mirrors, that's that's for Yitzhahar. That's for vanity. It doesn't belong in the Mishkan. Thank you very much. But Mashem says, uh-uh-uh. This is what's the this is the dearest. This is the most precious of all the all the donations of these mirrors. Why are these mirrors so special? Because when Power made a decree that every all the all the, the baby boys should be should be drowned. Many of the men, Amram, Moshe's father, at their, at their, he left his wife. He said, I'm not, "We can't have, we're not going to have babies, so that power should kill them. We, we can't. It's, it's just." And many men followed his example. Uh, that's when Miriam got a picture and she said to her father, "You're worse than Paro because Paro said no boys, and you're saying you, you're not going to have girls either." So, but parenthetically, but she's, but, but what happened was the women weren't going to buy this nonsense. He says they would come, they would take their mirrors, they're all puts, all you know, nice on the makeup, and take bring food out to their husbands in the fields, and they would use this is Rashi, they would use the mirrors to flirt with their husbands. Hi, so who's cute? <laughs> you cute am I cute? Who's cute? And through this, they kept the generation, they, they, they create a new generation. The man said, we can't have children. We said, this is what we're here for. We have to ensure that there's another generation. And Hashem says, these mirrors, which were used by the women to perpetuate the Jewish people, beauty, beauty is a woman's, a woman's apartment. Right. Uh, last week we talked about, in, in, in the Chumash talked about the, the Tahash, the, the covering on top of the, um, on top of the Mishkan, which was a beautiful multi multicolored skin of, a, of, a, of a, an animal that we have, as far as we know, is extinct. And the, the Rebbe is saying that it was important, for, and, and it was called, the, the name of the, the Torah calls it a Tachash, and, and the Targum says it's a Sasgona. Sasgona means from the word Sas, to be gener- to be rejoiced, Sason, and Vanima colors. It was an animal that rejoiced in its colors and its beauty. And the rabbi said, this is, this is really what the woman, when we, when we serve Hashem, we need to do it, not just do what we have to do and do it well, but do what I have to, but add the touch of beauty to it. 
Make it beautiful. Make it joyous. And the Rebbe said, he spoke to women and said, this is a woman's job. To, to, make, to add the beauty to the service of Hashem. To, to decorate, make your house beautiful. Make your table, make your plate, make yourself beautiful. Not for the wrong purpose, but the Gemara says, Jewish women are beautiful. We're meant to be beautiful. We're supposed to be beautiful. This is our, our territory. Yes. So we're not saying women can do are just equal to men because we can also dive them. We will also put on our talisim and we will also put on our film. And then, then we're all, no, I am fulfilling a unique role when I have my babies, when I make my Shabbos, when I make my home beautiful. Yes, I'm a teacher. I'm a, my dad, two daughters who are actuaries. I mean, I, I have nothing. All of these things are irrelevant. But I am doing it as a woman, not as a clone of a man. And it's and, so and, beautiful. Yeah, it's right on the head. Yep. And I'm going to, to add just one more thing. Mm -hmm. And how do we strengthen my femininity? Sounds counterproductive. It's neat. Mm -hmm. When I dress modestly, it was a cartoon. I like I like cartoons. Um, my favorite part of the newspaper is always the cartoons. <laughs> a cartoon um, many many years ago. I should have saved it because it was so telling. You have this um, the, uh, beetle. Um, you know the the the, the, the in, in, in 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 the military mm -hmm. beetle and major whatever. Oh yes, uh huh. Yeah, major has this uh, secretary, Miss Buxley. And Buxley is definitely a play on physical attributes. You have the three panels, and the one you see Miss Buxley walking side by side to side over here, and Major, whatever his name is, is following her. And then somebody comes in and says, Did Miss Buxley just walk by? And he says, If she's the one with the with the mole on her thigh, yeah. Wow. Wow. Right. I don't want to be known as the one with the this figure or that figure, whatever. I want to be known for who I am yes. inside. I don't want to be known for my physical attributes. That's personal and private, excuse me. Okay. <laughs> if I'm applying for a job, I'm not going to wear something that's revealing or too fitted because I want to be treated as, as, as a, I want somebody looking at my inside. Right. Is she smart? Is she capable? Is she talented? Is she discreet? Does she know when to keep your mouth shut or not? Is she organized? Is she the way you the, the way you have the word treat you as a dignified, respected human being is you dress in a way that's dignified and respectable. Um, the billboards are full of women who are not dressed in its least way. And, 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 and I always say that when the feminist movement started, you would have think the first thing they would jump on is the bandwagon of sneers. Women, dressed like human beings, not like, not like apples and oranges on the thing where everybody picks it up and, you know, looks at it and, 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 and pause at it and whatever. You're, you're a person. And, and you want to be treated as a person, seen as a person in your own right. And if you want to preserve your femininity, this is this is very very smart. And I don't think enough people realize that it really, you know, listen. In our society, people want to, you know, women want to dress uh, sexy, for lack of a better word. They really want to be dressed attractive, and they think that if they wear certain clothes, that will get them the attention. And 
And they're right. It will get them the attention. But people are looking, like you said, Miss Buckley, well, they're looking at the mole. Exactly. And they're not I looking. There's a fine line. There's yeah. two words. Yeah. One is attractive. Yeah. And one is attracting. Yeah. There's a fine line between the two. Attractive, yes. We are all attractive women and we are meant to be attractive. And we're supposed to be attractive, but not attracting. Yes. And it's a fine line. It's it's a it's it's a it's a it's a subtle sometimes not always but it's a subtle line between attractive and attracting and that's uh, as a teacher I, I taught for many years in from schools and it was it was a very important lesson to try and teach are you being attractive or are you being attracting yes. and that's where sneeze comes in exactly. sure we're always we're meant to be attractive we're meant to be lovely we're meant to wear like Mara says the husband's supposed to buy his wife pretty clothes uh, Makeup, perfumes, yes, <laughs> I'm on that one. Um, attractive, not attracting. Right. Thank and, you for making the that's, distinction. That's, that, that, that's, that's, I think, a, 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 I must think the um, secret of, of maintaining your true femininity. Yes, I agree. Thank you. Thank you. And we have time for one, one short question. Um, so we are created in the image of Hashem, in the image of God. Every nishama, every soul has a purpose. We were all born for a specific purpose and with a personalized mission that only we can complete. But there are so many obstacles and there's so many challenges in life. And so what is the best advice that you can give to Jewish women to encourage them and to give them the strength that they need to move forward each and every day despite the hardships? 12 words. Moda, ani, lefanecha, melech, chai, v'kayam. I thank you, Hashem, King who lives and exists, who lives and exists always, who has returned to me, my, my soul, with mercy. Great is your faith. You ever listen to the radio? I'm listening to radio announcers saying uh, there was a terrible fire on East Main Street. Uh, Five houses burned down, but thankfully, nobody was hurt. Thankfully. Be thanking. <laughs> Hashem. <laughs> Be thanking. You're not allowed to mention Hashem. You're not allowed to mention God unless you're on a really far right or, or not mainstream. You don't. You, people do not say thank God. They, you don't. Listen, I mean, I, they never say thank God. But thankfully, nobody was hurt. Be thanking. Right. Uh, the fire department. Um, who are you thanking? You're thankful. Nowadays, is a big thing about gratitude. You should have an attitude of gratitude, yes. 100%. Gratitude to whom? Gratitude to what? Mother Nature? I'm not grateful to Mother Nature. She <laughs> makes the world, right? Gratitude for what? Father time? Who are we great? Gratitude is a wonderful thing. It, it doesn't make sense. I, I should feel thankful. Um, yeah, but we start out our day by feeling thankful. We start out our day with gratitude. And we start out saying, Moda Ani, thank you, Hashem. So, first of all, there's so many things that we have over here. I thank you, Melech, the great king. I, me, one of the nine billion people in this world, have the chutzpah. But I'm told Hashem wants me to have this chutzpah to try and address the king of kings, Melech, the Kayam. Thank you. I have, I have a relationship with Hashem. Wow. You return my soul 
that's really cool. Bechemla, with compassion. I gave you my soul last night. It was worn out. It was a schmatter. I couldn't, it couldn't see it in my, its eyes were crossing. I was looking at the computer because it was tired. And I get it back this morning. I can get up fresh uh, after the coffee, um, <laughs> fresh and clean and vibrant and stun. I can, my, my mind is free again. And then the last two words, Rabba Munasecha, your faith is great. Your faith is great. Really, your faith is great. Why did Hashem, Hashem return my soul to me? Because he has faith in me. He has faith that I, here in this world, who was sent here for a reason, because if we, we presuppose that there's neighbors in the world, then I'm here for a reason. And he sent me back this morning because he has faith in me that I can do whatever it is that I need to do. If that isn't a boost, uh, you know, most of the most of the stories in the world now, that people, drugs and crime, and come from depression and hopelessness. If if I'm nothing, I'm garbage. I'm no good. I'm worthless and useless. Doesn't matter what I do. I don't care what I do. Or I have a void in my life, I, and I have no meaning. And I'm so I, I start. I'm looking for meaning. I, I, if you're looking for meaning in all the wrong places. There's drugs, and there's uh, drugs, and and shoes, and shopping, and overeating, and drinking, and 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 gambling. There's so many places, and I'm looking to fill this void, but I can't fill this void with anything physical. I'm looking for meaning. And when I stop and think in the morning. I said these 12 words. It means that I have meaning. My life has meaning. Hashem is watching me and waiting for me because he has faith in me. God has faith in me that I should be here now because there's something that I can do that nobody else can do. I used to teach in the Babbage Girls High School. And a couple of times I would uh, just say something provocative just to wake them up. You know, like, what? Do you see something? I would say, you know, I can do something that the Rebbe can't do. I mean, that's blasphemous, sacrilegious, right? Well, I said, if I couldn't do anything that's something that the Rebbe can do, then I wouldn't be here. Right. I have something that I can do that nobody else in the world of the nine billion people can do because if somebody else could do it, then one of us is, is one of us is unnecessary. <laughs> right? You know, God doesn't, you know, just play make people just for the heck of it, you know? So, so yeah, I think getting up in the morning and taking, uh, taking just a minute, two minutes, five minutes, if you're really good, and to say it and to think, med- you know, meditation is a big thing, and to meditate on this concept, I, Chai Sarah, am thanking you, the king, the eternal existing king, you return to be my neshama b'chemla with compassion. Rabbi Menasechem, you have so much faith in me, Hashem. I'm not going to disappoint you today. Beautiful. That's. I think that that says it all. That, that's a tremendous way to start a day and yep. to get a boost in our in our in, in our in our lives. Beautiful, beautiful, and very meaningful. Thank you. It, thank you so much, Robertson. Hiya, Sarah, for being here on America's Top Robertsons. We really enjoyed having you here. I know that we all learned a lot. And may this class be for Rafu Shalima, for Arya Lieb, 
Ben Hanna Grenendel. Thank you so much. Take care.